Hello, and welcome to Unconditional Love Fellowship with Bishop Malcolm Smith. This is webinar episode 115, The Gift of Peace. For more information and more teachings from Malcolm Smith, including books, MP3 downloads, and videos, you can visit www.malcolmsmith.org. And now, Bishop Malcolm Smith. It's um, good to be back to share the Word of God and I want to read some verses here, um, and the first is in the story of Jesus stilling the storm, and I, I don't want to talk about that, but I, I want to take just a, a look at Jesus at this time. Let, let me read it. It's in Mark chapter 4, and verse 37, they are on Lake Galilee, and Jesus is asleep. And it says, a great windstorm arose. In fact, the, the actual words that are used there describe at least a tornado, um, maybe even a demonic effect in the winds. It was speaking about the mother of storms, a great windstorm arose, is how they've translated it here. And the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But Jesus was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? They're beside themselves. They're filled with panic and terror. Then he arose and rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And what has gripped a hold of me is that sight of Jesus in the middle of this storm, of this magnitude, getting up. I mean, there's something so majestic. There's something of such supreme authority. He arose. As, as the boat is tossed like a cork, and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And there was a great calm. And that introduces me to something that I had, I don't believe I've actually addressed before, which is the peace of God, that peace that was within the authoritative words of Jesus, as he says that word peace, out from his own peace, because obviously he is the picture of peace, as he sleeps in the stern of the boat on a pillow in the middle of that storm, and now, out from his peace, he speaks the word, directs the word, peace, be still. And it introduces us to this, what shall I say, idea, it's more than an idea, it's a reality, that the peace of God that originates in creation within Jesus Christ, he is called the Prince of Peace, that, that peace that came to this planet in Jesus is a peace that has such energy. It is infinitely personal, for it comes of Him, but 
it's an energy that actually changes physical matter. You understand this? He said the words peace. And immediately, immediately, there was a great calm, which means that within that word peace, everything that that word means as it comes out from Jesus can actually enter into a storm and change the winds, can change the spin upon those winds and cause everything to suddenly be at peace. The, the, the reason I think I'm, I'm looking at this is that some people that I've talked to, they, they look at peace, I mean the peace of God, God's peace, as a sort of there, there, you're going to be all right, cheer up old chap. No, we've got to understand the peace of God is, is the peace that permeates heaven itself. And I say it again, it came into this creation in the person of Jesus who is the Prince of Peace and it, it, it's a peace that affects the physical material as well as the mental, emotional and inner persons for the disciples were immediately then at peace. Well, they were at peace and in awe. Okay. Hold that in mind. And then in John chapter 14, in the first verse, which so many people do know, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And then picking up on that in verse 27 of that same chapter, Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. My peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. See, I, I don't need to elaborate on the fact that we live in times, and I, I'm speaking now to a worldwide audience, but I don't think there's a nation, people in this world that is exempt from this. We live in days, in some cases, of sheer terror, uh, of despair in other cases, fear pressing, oppressing all around, we live in a day when evil has seemingly risen out of the shadows and confronts us in governments and confronts us in neighbors. Huh. Anxiety, worry. Received an email just the other day to that effect that an entire town has descended into despair and hopelessness and anxiety here in the United States because of the way things are happening. Um, you could put it this way, that many today would describe life as coping. And what I place over against that 
is what the scripture describes the norm for a believer as joy-filled hoping. You understand that, that so many have exchanged hope for cope. See, the, the Old and the New Testament, by which I mean the entire scripture, is filled with what a moment ago I called this infinite personal energy of the peace of God. It was there in the Old Testament. But it, it, it came in Jesus and was bequeathed to us part of the great gift of God that comes to us in Jesus. So that it says that we now have the peace of God. We have peace with God and so on. Understand this. This is what separates us from the world. It says, you are not of this world, Jesus said. You are not of this world, even as I am not of this world. What a statement. He said, you're in the world, but you're not of it. You are born of another source. You are born from above. You are born of the Holy Spirit. And we're in the world, but we're not of it. Well, how does that show up? What do we look like as persons who are not of this world? Do, do we shine and have lights coming out of our eyes or something? No, that which designates us is this peace. This peace that itself has origin in the heavens and comes to us through the finished work of Jesus. It's peace. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's the only place you can find this peace. Or you could say this, this peace of which I speak is the life. It's the life force, but again, personal life force of the new creation. It's, it's what, it's where we live. It's the place where we abide, the peace of God, which is, in actual fact, heaven come to earth. For this peace is the very atmosphere of heaven, the presence, the immediate presence, the unveiled presence of God. Now, this, this peace, please, let, let me say it has little or nothing, maybe I'd better say it has nothing to do with what the world calls peace. In fact, Jesus said it just there, the peace I give is not as the world gives. And so that will be a true statement, that this peace has nothing to do with what the world calls peace. And that's unfortunate in a way, because then what word do we use? If, if when the world says peace, I have to say, no, that's not what I'm talking about. Then what, what is it? This peace that is infinitely more and deeper than anything the world could put in a dictionary or comprehend by peace. You see, it's not, and this is very basic, it's not a response to circumstances. 
the, the peace that Jesus exhibited there in the storm had nothing to do with the presence or the absence of the storm. He had a peace that possessed him, enabling him to sleep through the storm. And then out of that peace, when he was awoken, he does not awake in a a sudden terror as if, you know, you wake up because the pane of glass in your window is blown through with a tornado. No, he arises from sleep in a perfect peace that he is able now to say to the storm, peace, be still. His peace had nothing to do with what was going on. Whether there was a storm or no storm, Jesus walked in peace. This peace that I'm attempting to look at. And now Jesus said, please hear this. This is the word of the Lord. He says, my peace. Do do, do you hear? Not, Not the stuff that you hear about from your neighbors which actually means, please give us a change of circumstances, and when everything is is nice and, and calm, then, then we'll be at peace. We're, my peace, says the world, comes from circumstances. Now, this peace is there, whatever the circumstances are. Do you hear me? And Jesus now says that kind of peace, my peace, this divine peace that is now become enfleshed in our humanness, I am giving that to you. Not to an elite group, he's speaking to believers, you and I. He says, this is my gift, I leave it with you. A parting gift. And it's a gift, I give this to you. Not something given as a reward at the end of a long list of whatevers. The gift that he left. The gift that every believer has right to. No, it's not a surface peace. It's way, way beyond circumstances. My peace. And then in that second set of verses that we read twice over, he said, describing that peace, he said, let not your heart be troubled. Your heart. And when Paul spoke about this on in Philippians, you remember, he said, be anxious for nothing. And those words, for nothing, I mean, that's strong enough in English. Uh, For nothing. Nothing means nothing. And the Greek language that he wrote in maybe is a little bit stronger. When it says, be anxious for no, not one thing. It certainly covers every eventuality. Be anxious for nothing. And then he goes on, but in everything. So, be anxious for no, not one thing. But in every minute detail of life, let your... Prayer, let your supplication be made known to God with thanksgiving. That is, share your life with Father and the peace of God. Notice that, not as the world gives. This is a peace that has an origin in God that is now shared with you. The peace of God. And he goes on to define that. He said, and it passes human comprehension. 
And he said that that peace keep or stand guard over your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. This is what I'm talking about. Well, you know, I, I've said this before, and if, if you're not familiar with it, um, just put it on hold. But Jesus, in the gospel, was the prototype of the new creation, you and I, the new creation, the church, that, that group of believers, those who rest in Jesus. He was the prototype. Now, of course, we could go on for an hour on that, but, but Jesus, in his life, he lived in total dependence upon the Father. In fact, he said without the Father, he could do nothing. He didn't say, I choose to do nothing. He said, I can't. He, he embraced a human weakness because that's the norm for a creature to say, without the Father, I can do nothing. And he knew all of the Father's grace and ability uh, love and compassion and power ministered to him through the Holy Spirit. And in that sense, Jesus, in dependence upon the Spirit, the Father, he is the prototype. For everything that was then said about Jesus becomes said about us. He was the one who showed the way. He's the one who not only showed the way, but took a hold of us and brought us into such a life of relationship and union. Maybe that was a bit much for somebody. But it's in that sense, I say, he said, my peace I give to you. I leave it with you. My peace. That is the peace that you've seen in me. The, the peace that has emanated from me to bring calm into chaos. I'm giving you that peace. Can you take that? You who listen to me, wherever you are, can you take that as God's word through Jesus Christ to you, saying, my peace I give to you. This peace. And if you think about it, do you know when Jesus said that in John chapter 14? You know when that was. That was the night of unspeakable horror. Judas has already left the table on his way of evil to betray Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. That's already happened in chapter 13. In fact, the door has only just recently closed on Judas. And Jesus has then gone on to address specifically Peter, but all of them, to say that this night you will betray me. I mean, what night is this? What night of horror does he speak of? And by chapter 16, they will be on their way to the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus will sweat great drops of blood anticipating the agony and the horror that no other 
creature has ever faced when the sin of the world will converge on him. That night, that night, he said, my peace. He had perfect peace. He said, I am not alone. All of you will forsake me and flee, but I am not alone. The Father is with me. That's the ultimate when he is forsaken by all, when one of his prime disciples betray him, when Peter, the leader of the disciples, is going to look at him and curse and blaspheme and say, I never knew the man. When John, his closest friend, is going to sit there beside Peter and not say a word. That night... Jesus spoke out of an unfathomable peace and said, I give this to you. Are you receiving that? He gives you that peace. Why is this peace? Let's put some other words to it. And there's plenty of other words because the word is used throughout the scripture in many different situations, describing many different happenings. And therefore, this word peace, which is the anchor word, has many faces. Many of you who have heard the word shalom, that's it, that's the word, shalom. It is peace. But as I say, not as we describe peace in our native language. This is God peace. Okay, what does it mean? Well, let me start. It means security. That sense of secure. That, that's the word you would use this word, shalom, I'm secure. Whatever's happening around me, you see, doesn't come into play. Whatever's happening around me, I am secure. I am safe. There's another. And then a word that we would apply to there on the lake. The word means tranquility. It, 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 it's a rich English word, tranquility, which means secure, it means safe, but it means calm. But this security and safety, this tranquility, is to be found inside the love of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, the peace of God. But also, it is a word that is used along with salvation many times. In fact, you could say this word is almost part of the definition of salvation. But were you with us a few weeks ago when I pointed out that salvation, the word salvation, is not only something to do with my invisible inner self, certainly not merely to do with uh, untold futures. The word salvation is immediately present in physical, material ways. And so the first time the word is used, you remember, is when the Red Sea was parted and the SWAT team of Pharaoh was utterly defeated and thrown into the sea. The word salvation is the word that's used there. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And the peace with which Israel was possessed as the Lord kept them safe, you see. 
and and so that that's it's touching the physical but also in the new testament jesus attached this word to the healing of our body as he did the word salvation so that the word saved and the word healed the word saved applying to our invisible selves but the word healed specifically applied to a healing of physical sickness Jesus used the same word in Greek sozo salvation and a person is saved and they're also saved in a physical way well attached to those ideas is this word shalom peace so that the word peace shalom also means a sense of inner mental emotional well-being it means total health it means wholeness and therefore means healing peace it means to be fully alive from your innermost person to the outermost person yeah you're at peace you're not restless so the word means complete that that deep sense of completeness fulfilled or content or as i said you're no longer restless wondering which way is up and where you're going and why you're going and what's the meaning you've come to peace you've come home peace and peace is always joined in with joy and so the word peace means harmony everything's balanced and right and in harmony within and so sometimes the word even means melody it's your singing heart and such a person as i've just described in the bible is called prosperous because everything i've just described is true riches and money without all of this only announces your poverty this is true success this is real creativity and out of such a life comes such physical creativity and prosperity and success so it means that too but the word was used to describe um how can i put it an unhindered friendship a friendship that you enjoyed to the full it was a friendship i said unhindered it means a friendship that you are enjoying delighting in because there's no presence of guilt you know you can't really enjoy someone if you feel guilty in a way that affects them well when you use the word shalom to describe friendship it means no guilt it means no shame you're you're not trying to hide something you know when you're trying to hide 
you know, the shattered windows and the barred doors of life because there's parts of you you don't want people to see. You're ashamed. Well, shalom means there's no more shame and the shutters are up, the windows open, the door is open. Your friend is welcome. There's no more suspicion, wondering. You're relaxed. There's no blame. You know your friend is not blaming you and you do not blame your friend. You do not walk with inferiority, but you walk eye to eye, cheek to cheek, shoulder to shoulder. That's shalom in terms of a relationship. And God through Jesus Christ is our friend. You have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. One last thing, in the same idea, uh, friendship, uh, joining together, and in the Greek version of this word, there is in it that idea of joining together. If you're a carpenter, have you ever had a, you know, I mean, Carpenters, like we don't see many today, but they dovetail. You know what I mean by that? It's when there's a perfect joining together of a joint. And it's shalom. The Greek understood it that way. And so, what is it saying? Through Jesus, we are joined. We're dovetailed in with God. We enjoy unhindered friendship. Friendship with the Father through Jesus where there is no mention of guilt. There's no shame. There's not even a hint of suspicion. And you don't walk there with inferiority. But it says we come boldly. Which means, at least over in England, we called it with a brass neck. It, 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 it means that you, you don't cast down your eyes and, you know, rub your hands and say, I'm not worthy, I'm no good, I'll get out of it. Come into the new covenant through the blood of Jesus Christ, you're cleansed from sin, and come boldly to the throne of grace. That's shalom. Shalom. And going back to Jesus, the prototype, he was the first one to enjoy this. When the Father spoke from the heavens and said, you are my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And there's a quote from the Old Testament where it says, in whom my soul delights. Jesus walked in that delight of the Father. Then he said to you, my peace, my relationship to the Father, my walking in his delight, I'm giving to you. This is the meaning of the finished work of Jesus. So, okay, it's not primarily a change in circumstances. Might be. But primarily it isn't, because even if it's a change in circumstances, that change in circumstances doesn't give you the peace. The peace was there before. The peace was there in the midst of circumstances that maybe we didn't like. 
But you see, believers who are not of this world, what are they then? They are of heaven. Speaks of us believers, it says that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. So we're not of this world. We live in the heavens while we walk on this earth. We think and we see this life through the eyes of the heavens. Look, how many times have we said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now that's, just he said, is the valley of the shadow of death. That, that should cause sheer terror. The valley of the shadow of death. Yet, he said, in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For just a minute, the valley of the shadow of death is evil breathing down your neck. But he said, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. So when you walk into the valley of the shadow of death, the agenda of the valley of the shadow of death is completely disintegrated because he is with you. You'll walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but he's with you. And incidentally, that's not primarily speaking of death. It's the shadow of death. It's when the shadow of death puts his cold darkness across our life. But he said, I will fear no evil for the presence of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the presence with me cancels out death for he is life. And so I'm living in the middle of it and yet within is this peace that we've attempted to speak of. Paul spoke about this in similar language in Philippians in chapter 4. Tragically, and I mean that, most people only quote the last sentence of the paragraph where it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I mean, that's marvelous, but did you read what came before that? He said, I have learned the secret that in whatever circumstances I find myself, I have learned there to be content. And then he goes on and he said, I have learned how to abound. And he said, I, I needed grace for that. You see, if you abound, that means having plenty too much, and you do not have the presence of God love within you, you'll become a greedy monster. You'll become the most obnoxious creature and you'll forget all about God. You need tremendous grace to abound. But then he said, on other days, I don't have anything. But he said, I, I, the presence of God is contentment under both situations. When I don't have anything, I find that he feeds my spirit with the bread of life. And so he goes on describing the ups and downs of life, everything that comes down the pike. He said, whatever it is, I remain content at peace. 
Then he said, as a summation of that, I can do all things. What are the all things? Whatever today holds the up, the down, the pressures, I can do. Or another word there would be, I am able for whatever happens. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And the idea there is, is of infusing his very life, his peace, into us. So I can do everything. I can do whatever the day demands. I'm ready for anything and everything. Through him who infuses his strength into me. So peace that we've been talking about, peace is not an it. It's not a thing. You're not going to go forward at a meeting and, and they're going to zap you with some sort of power and you'll get the peace. No. Peace is a relationship. Peace is knowing the Father is with you in Jesus the Son through the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. You are caught up in the very heart of the Holy Trinity. Or the New Testament word, that, that as a branch is in the vine, so you are in Christ, and Christ is in the Father. All in the Holy Spirit. So, have you ever read Habakkuk? Uh, I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it in the United States. Habakkuk. Or Habakkuk, do you say? Whatever. But you know the little book. It's only got three chapters. And the, the poor prophet is having a problem. He He's seeing the northern armies of Babylon coming down and they're, they're wicked people. And he's having a problem. How could God allow this? And he meanders through his chapters, just three chapters, wrestling with this problem in the presence of God. And his finale, it's one of the most magnificent paragraphs in the scripture, the end of chapter three. He said, okay, though the fig tree does not blossom, Though there be no fruit on the vine, though there's no sheep in the sheepfold, there's no cows out in the pasture, that is, the Babylonian army came through and they stripped us of every... If, if it comes to that, he said, though, even though, yet I will rejoice in the Lord, the God of my salvation. What's he saying? Whatever happens around me, my rejoicing is in my fellowship with the God of my salvation. That's what I'm talking about. It's relationship. And it's always linked to the Holy Spirit, who is the presence of God now living within us. And that presence of the Holy Spirit within us is always expressed in peace and in joy. And so the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. 
that is the fruit of the Holy Spirit within you will be on the branches of your life in love and in peace and in joy. Or in Romans 14, he says, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. That is, it's not a list of rules about what you can eat and what you can drink and where you can go and go. No, it's not that. He said, the kingdom of God is righteousness, which means walking together in harmony with God. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And it's this tangible peace. Tangible peace that actually changes the cells of your body that were going crazy and chaos and causing you to sweat and have stomach problems and backache and insomnia. The peace of God, like Jesus spoke, peace be still. Let let me emphasize this, because that's where we started. This peace is tangible. This peace enfolds you. This, This peace... Comes within you, tangible. I mean, Jesus said, "My my peace, I give to you." Can, can can you get this? He gives it to you. I I give to you this friendship relationship that causes you to walk in this world at peace whatever's going on, because you know Father is caring for you today and he'll be there in all tomorrows. This peace is so tangible. In Matthew chapter 10, I'm pretty certain it is, Jesus said, when you go into a house, give that house your peace. Now, now, think this through. In fact, long after this has finished. Think this through. Jesus said that we, disciples, can, and in fact he's commanding us, to do what he has done. He gave his peace in an authority to the storm. He said to you and I, my peace I give to you. But in Matthew 10, he is saying that when we go into a house we speak our our peace, the peace he's given us, we now speak that to the house. And it says, your peace will go into the house. I mean, this is talking tangible. You are actually putting into the persons of the house and the house itself a peace that wasn't there before. To the point that he says, if those persons in the house refuse that peace, it will return to you. Like Noah's ark, he sends out the dove and it comes back to him. He said, you send out your peace to bless this house, to penetrate this house and its persons. Bless this house with peace, divine peace. But if the people don't want it, they want to continue in all the ways that mean chaos, your peace will come like Noah's dove back to you. 
Have you read that before? It's there. This is tangible peace. Now, my flesh, my human flesh says, okay, okay, I got it. Now, how do we do this? What's the method? Give me the formula. What do I have to say to get this? Always the flesh, always the flesh says, how, what? But the answer is not what. The answer is who. Jesus is the Prince of Peace, or the, the file leader. He, he was the first, the prototype. Now he's the one who gathers us up into this world of peace. Or he is the way. Well, when we say that, Jesus is the way or the road, no one comes to the Father but by me. Yeah, but don't, don't think of that just as, as a road or simply going through him to the Father. Jesus is the way as a guide would go into hitherto unknown territory and then turn around and say, come on, you can, I, I've made the path. Now you come and join me and we'll walk together. He's the way. He's the way. He gives to us his same Holy Spirit. And we are joined into him. That's who you are, believer. You are joined into Jesus to share with him in his peace that he now enjoys and shares with you. It's his gift. But, how can I put this? The gift doesn't come as default. It isn't, well, I'm a Christian, why am I not at peace, sort of thing. I'm a Christian, so why do all these things happen to me? Well, as I just got through saying, it's not to do with circumstances. The peace is there. Whatever's happening, that's the wonder of it. You stand like a radiant light in a sea of chaos. But, but let me get back to that. It's not by default. It's not just, well, I'm a Christian, so therefore the peace is pouring through me. No. It's his gift, but we receive the gift. Pretty obvious. But then didn't Jesus say in Matthew 10, some don't want it? It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. But the flesh Human flesh, human just as a mortal, finds a certain, what can I say? He's at home with chaos. Now, some people are addicted to chaos. You know them, don't you? They, 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 they're half dead until chaos arrives in their life. And they always want to give you a bit part in their chaos movie and drag you into it. Other people, I think they'd be dumb mutes if they hadn't got anxiety and complaint and grumbling. No, this is a strange world, very strange world. Anxiety is the old friend of this world. Doesn't even knock on the door, just walks in and takes its favorite chair because this world without anxiety would hardly know what to do. Anxiety it just means I'm living my life as if there is no God. I'm living my life as if there is no relationship with God. So th this world lives in denial. 
it, it, it lives in drugs of a thousand different faces. I mean, if you, if you go to the physician to tell him that you're anxious, he doesn't tell you there's a relationship in Jesus Christ that gives us this tangible peace. Rather, he gives you enough drugs so you don't even know if you're alive. And now he's cured you. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, we have noise. Parties, parties, noise. Turn up the volume. Blast your eardrums. Don't let me hear what's going on. No. There comes to us who are not of this world this tangible peace but we receive it we choose to walk the way of the spirit which is always warring with the flesh and, and Paul said the Israelites in the wilderness they are pictures to us they they tell us what's going on, only they lived it out one way, we live it out at the heart of the matter. Uh, and do you remember in the world, whenever things weren't as they were supposed to be, the image that they had of what it ought to be like, if God led us into this wilderness, then we ought to have food all the time. If God led us here, we ought to have water all the time. That's where it's supposed to be. And if God doesn't come through, you know how it is. No peace. Full of complaint. We're going to die in this wilderness full of anxiety. Let's go back to Egypt. We had food there full of stupidity. Complaining, blaming God. The Bible says they, they had the promises. They had the promises. But it was not mixed with faith. And so they, they blamed God for not defaulting, just coming on through. No, God is not your sugar daddy. He, he is not going, it's not a matter of magic that, okay, I'm going to zap food into your refrigerator. Rather, it's you and the Father. We're going to enter into a new relationship on this. You're going to see my love. And we're going to do this together. Did you understand? It isn't that the wicked, evil governments of this world are suddenly zapped away. But rather, Father says, you and I are going to walk through the middle of this chaos. And I will never leave you and I'll never forsake you. And the bond and the union and the friendship becomes all the more real. And we are now the ones who turn to the agitation and the inner disturbance. And we say, no way. We receive the peace that comes from our Father. We receive the peace of those who walk their earthly walk in heaven. We take it. I'm not going the way of flesh. I recognize flesh was crucified with Christ. I am a spirit person. I'm a Holy Spirit person. Christ is my life. 
And therefore I receive this peace because yes, Father, we together go through this. You know the John 14, 1 that I read at the top of this program. Um, can I read it to you from the Amplified Version? Let not your heart be troubled. Though the words that are used in those sentences, they're potent in, in the original language. Let me read it to you. The Amplified gets exactly what those words say. It says, stop allowing yourself to be agitated and disturbed. Do not permit yourself to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. That is exactly what Jesus was saying. And, and the Amplified picks up those words. And, but did you know, stop. See, he says, let not. Don't let it happen, said Jesus. Stop allowing yourself to be troubled. And that word troubled means agitated, disturbed. Let not. Don't, don't permit it, he said. Don't permit yourself to follow the thought that you're alone here. Rather know that I am with you and will never leave you. Therefore, don't permit yourself to be fearful and intimidated. And when the thoughts of intimidation come, say it from your heart. He is with me and his peace is mine. Or could I put it this way? Recognize... Is there a better word than that? Realize? Recognize? Become aware? Be still and know? All of the above and more beside. But, but stop in the middle of the chaos and recognize I am in the Father through Christ who lives in me through the Spirit. I am inside of God and God is inside of me. I am of the heavens where nothing is impossible and no word of God is void of power. It is so. And realize that the situation you are in is a situation that with you is in God and God fills it, and this is the arena where His love and care and provision and protection shall be made known in your life. Recognize it. Or another phrase I've used in the past, see through your situation and realize God is there. Like Elisha, do you remember? when they were trapped in a city and, and the most ferocious, cruel persons were surrounding them and there was no way out. And Elisha's servant was scared spitless. And Elisha said almost, oh dear Lord, you know, shaking his head, he said, open the young man's eyes, please. 
And the young man's eyes was open. He saw that beyond those who surrounded them were all the armies of heaven. It's okay. God is with us. I say, here, speaking from South Texas, speaking within the United States, but also speaking to multitudes of you scattered around the world. I don't know. I mean, physically, materially, financially speaking, I don't know what these next weeks and months hold. Seems the governments of the world have gone mad. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I can say with absolute authority that you are inside the God who is love and he is inside of you and he walks in you and he fills your mind and your heart. He, he is your peace. He said, before you call, I will answer. That is, you're not screaming to try and get his attention. We're in this situation. No, he's trying to get your attention. Before all this happened, he already was the answer. Now he says, just let me through. Let me through. Let me show who I am. Don't go the pathway of anxiety, that's the flesh. Don't go the pathway of agitation and disturbed spirit. Recognize me in this. We cast our care upon him when it presents itself and we receive the peace of God, which makes us very poor conversationalists in a company of this world because all they want to do is to compare anxieties and to paint the worst picture of what tomorrow holds. Whereas you can have no part of that for you have settled into he who dwells within you. For anxiety and chaos and terror has no place and no existence in the Holy Spirit, who is God dwelling within you now. So take his peace. Take the peace that he's given. And taking it, realize this is your most precious possession. And now the blessing of God, who is almighty love, the Father, and the Son and the Holy Spirit grant to you his shalom that his peace may permeate your entire being and out of that peace speak peace to this world. So I bless you. That is the way it is.